Mishka Shabali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Hey, hi, hello. How are you? Um, it's Mishka. I, uh, I actually, I, I don't want to brag, but I actually feel okay today, uh, which is weird. It's, uh, it's May 30th. Uh, tomorrow I will have run 30 days out of 31 days, um, for the month of May, which is funny cause I've tried to do this before. I always end up doing it in May and then June 1st is like international running day or something. And I always miss it. And then I don't run and everybody's like, I ran today. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm sore, but, um, I actually feel okay today. Um, I, I feel like I was fairly down on the last intro I recorded. Um, I'm bouncing back the, in part because my fingernail came off. Oh man, it was so gross. Uh, it was the, I really thought I was going to like lose the little, uh, nub of my pinky, the first knuckle. You never realize how attached you are to different little parts of your body until you're like, Oh man, I may lose this one. The, but yeah, the nail came off entirely and it's, it's disgusting. I feel like I'm looking at a hot dog that was left in the microwave too long, or maybe Freddy Krueger. Um, but it feels a lot better. I, um, or at least it doesn't smell as bad. Um, it's a little tricky typing right now. I can't really play guitar, but hopefully things will come back. Um, I have another bad, weird finger. I sort of reconstructed a, uh, this is now a manicure podcast. I reconstructed a fingernail out of super glue, which so far seems to be holding up. We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, plugs. I have nothing to plug. You're listening to it. This is the plug. And, uh, this is also the thing that I'm plugging. I have no road dates. I will be in New York, uh, end of June, beginning of July. Um, so I don't, if we're friends in real life and you're listening to this, uh, stop because that's weird. Uh, and also hit me up, uh, because I will be in New York. Um, do have some great podcasts coming up. Uh, Roberto Bentevena, who uh, who wrote House of Gucci, uh, Joe Cardamone, a collaborator of Mark Lanigan, uh, just recorded one with Laura McCown, who was uh, a fantastic writer, uh, sober. She wrote the book, We Are the Luckiest. She has a, a great podcast, and uh, we had a great conversation. I listened back to it, and I got her cackling laughing a couple of times. <laughs> which is, uh, which is good. I, I'm at a point in my life where, um, sort of dress like a cartoon character, like same clothes every day. And also I've become the, uh, straight gay best friend to several sober women. And, uh, it's, it's really rewarding. I, I'm trying to lean into it. Um, I hope that doesn't mean that I'm just entering like menopause and just getting ready to shut everything down. But, um, but that's cool. It's fine. Um, coming up today is a podcast with my, my old friend, Star Anna. Star Anna is a songwriter from Ellensburg, Washington. We met randomly through the dude from my record label. And then without ever having spoken to each other on the phone or in person, we got in a van together for two weeks And that was good enough that we decided to do, I think we did 40 shows together in 38 days or 39 days. And uh, now both of us hideously traumatized by that. And um, 
had a great opportunity to sort of reconnect through the podcast and talk about what we've been up to, what we're and sort of how to how to move forward. Um, I love Star Anna. I miss being on tour with her. There's something really comforting about being on tour with a woman who you're not sleeping with. Um, because then when you feel sad and beat up at the end of the night, they can give you a hug and you guys can go to your respective couches and there's not all the sort of drama of being on the road with somebody you're in a relationship with. And also, um, when you're friends with women, the, there's not the like dick measuring thing that happens all the time with guys where you sort of have this conversation, it builds up an intimacy and then finally somebody has to like make, you know, make a joke at the other dude's expense and all that intimacy immediately evaporates. Um, also star and I have been swapping demos back and forth and she was kind enough to allow me to do a worldwide web premiere of song of hers, uh, a new song of hers, which will play at the end of this podcast. I can't remember the name of it cause I didn't look it up, but, um, please enjoy uh, I love Star Anna so much, and she's an incredibly gifted songwriter and voice. She's a great friend. I hope you dig it. Star, how are you? We haven't f- talked in for fucking ever. I know. I feel like I can picture the last time we talked, and I was walking around on the porch, and that was sometime between the last two years probably two years ago was it was it really the i remember i feel like or i called you i can't tell the difference i because i feel like i remember having a long conversation with you i think i was in north carolina mm-hmm. and i called when i was driving the but then i guess yeah we did i don't know man it, yeah I, i'm fucking <laughs> i'm brain damaged from the last two years i mean it's funny that like i drank so much and have done so many drugs in my life and then the thing that ruined my brain was just not seeing anybody for right you know, having no perspective or outside reality time just no longer is real yeah it's funny i mean it's just it's it's time became binary it's the stuff that happened before covid and then whatever this post life is the you know of us just sort of like i don't know the like sands in the hourglass like our lives just dribbling away you know the i'm gonna like this tweet i'm gonna add this to my watch queue you know no things things have gotten very different and it's like we're we've looked behind oh no my sister's caught and let me just decline she took my mom out for uh mother's day uh lunch today her and my niece and my mom are out so nice that's what they're doing but uh but yeah like we peeked behind the curtain and we caught a glimpse of things and it'll never be the same like we can't un unsee things and the way that i think about the world is so completely different that there are just certain normals that will never be again <laughs> yeah For f- the uh is sorry there- <laughs> yeah she uh, waited is- perfect time this is what she does this is but i'm gonna um, ignore it because i'm sure it's fine 
this is when I always get uh, tons of phone calls and stuff. And like, oh, somebody will come and fucking knock on my door. Like, what? What's wrong with you knocking on a door in this age? Right. The, uh, so is it just uh, is it just you and Mona on the farm? It's me and my mom, and then my partner Philip is out here as well, and then all of the animals. Uh, so run down what all of the animals are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this so, is your favorite course, part, right? Yeah. It's just, I figure this is mostly what we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> no. So my dog, Forrest, uh, he's a beagle. Yeah. You've met him. You guys have shared some special moments. Um, then we have a puggle named Mr., a shaggy terrier dog named Bobby, uh, some kind of shepherd lab mix named Ani. Those are our dogs. Um, as far as cats go, uh, well, we've got this one that showed up. Her name's Pila, and she was either pregnant or had just had a litter of cats. I was outside last summer or late spring and she came around and she was really affectionate and wanted my attention and seemed to feel comfortable enough. And I was petting on her and then I felt her little kitty nipples and I was like, Oh no, what have you done? (laughs) And so for the next like two weeks, I was just on high alert, like looking around, keeping an eye on her. Where was she going? What was she doing? And then one day we had a kitten spotting and I realized that they were all out in the pig pen because, yes, we also have some pigs. Um, And they were on the other side of the creek, and it was, like, all of this beautiful foliage and these old, like, willow trees that have, like, fallen down. And it was just, like, a very magical setting. And I walked back there, and then my eyes started to adjust, and it was, like, a little fluffy kitten there and then up on that branch a little fluffy kitten there and then across the stream and then it was just like this magical moment and uh so i would go out there every day um which was one nice thing about having what i was waiting for it to turn horrible and it's like you know and then i saw you know in blood red lettering like the kitten murders or like yeah but this is the oh thank god this is a nice one Okay, yeah. Good. No, I've been watching lots of crime shows, too. So my brain always <laughs> goes there as well, where I'm like, oh, God, this is too good to be true. But yeah. uh, I would go out there every day and just sit on the other side of the creek and talk to them, hang out with them, you know, just trying to get them to be my friend. Uh slowly lured them closer to the house where we were able to kind of start feeding them every day. And there was five of them, five kittens, Mama Pila, five kittens. And I just worked really hard every day to like build a relationship and build trust and, and get to know these kittens. And then, you know, I realized that if they're going to be here and, and be safe, they, they need to get fixed. And so I had a lot of struggles internally with that and, but was able to get, all five of them and the mom uh, to Humane Society in Yakima got them all fixed. Uh, was just like sick to my stomach, thinking I had ruined our trust that they would never love me again. And um, and luckily that was not the case. And so we have uh, 
unfortunately, right after the big snow that we had here, which was like four feet of snow or something insane over a day or two days, we got dumped on. But right as ass started to melt, the coyotes really came out in strong force and we lost two of the kittens uh, to coyotes, which was truly devastating. Um, I have to say, I'm thankful that of all of the traumatic things that are happening in the world and for people uh i'm i'm glad that that's my most horrific story through this pandemic so you know but um this is one of the things that like i think we've all been struggling with is the you know i mean one of the things you always hear in sobriety is you know know, comparison is the root of unhappiness or whatever the the Mm -hmm. comparison is the root of anthrax i don't know what the i don't remember what the saying yeah the but um the but it's something that we do um force ourselves to do in our head of or this idea of uh first world problems you know but like a fucking problem is a Mm -hmm. problem is a problem and it you um you know, the worst thing that happened to you or the worst thing that you're dealing with is the worst thing you are dealing with, you know? And right. like, I don't know. I give you my permission to fucking cry about those cats. It's sad. Oh, man, I did. I, <laughs> yeah, I, did. I, I bet I you did. Well, first, I know you. Well, waiting. Um, I mean, I like I fell in love and I know you know this, this weird all of a sudden, like I was never a cat person. And now it's like my heart belonged to them and i would just be in so much anxiety about whether they were safe and you know afraid of the road afraid of the animals out here just afraid of everything for them and also like battling that like they were born literally in a barn and i i give them all that i can i love them i I would never trap them inside just to keep them safe. Like what a, what an awful life that would, would be. I mean, in my mind, you know, I'm sure they would get over it, but it was just like, that's not how we're going to do this. And, but losing. Yeah. And I actually, I called a pet psychic. I'll admit this. Tell me about this. Um, it, and, and part of why I, I, I was like, ah, you know, cause losing any of those cats really was like on my list of things I don't want to even (laughs) think about. And then one of them didn't come home and then like two days went by. And then like by the third day I was, I was just a mess. And I think I I knew um, that if, if he were close, he would have come back and, uh, but my aunt had been talking to a pet psychic about their cat who had been pooping all over the upstairs. And uh, after talking to this woman who told her that the cat um, has a lot of insecurities and a lot of shame and that uh, things that my aunt can do to help remedy this problem is to uh, one of them was to sing while she's cleaning out her litter box. And... <laughs> Like, you know, whatever, silly things, but she did it, and the cat stopped pooping all over the upstairs. So, like, whatever. It oh, worked. yeah, no, the, I mean, that's the thing, is that in in, um, in my mind, I'm like, haha, crazy cat people. That, that's fucking ridiculous. That would never work. And if I was in that person, if I was in that woman's shoes, and somebody was like, 
oh, this will it will improve your relationship with your cat if you learn how to tap dance with her. I would be like, well, where do I find tap shoes in my size? Yeah, <laughs> like, and in your cat size, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's crazy when other people do it, but... Yeah, when we do it, it's just just good sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so I called this woman and um, it was pretty much right off the bat, not a not looking good, Um, you know, and she just kind of surmised that it was coyotes. And uh, which to me, if you were a fake psychic just trying to run a racket, I don't think that's what you would open with, you know? I, I feel like, you know, if, if we cast this psychic as like uh, forensic files, then the coyote is the creepy ex-boyfriend with the sodium pentothal. Right. <laughs> yes. That it's just the most like, obvious. The, you know, everyone was wondering that, you know, how she could have disappeared. And then they, th- they thought about, you know, the, the creepy uh, 40 years older boyfriend who had, you know, two, uh, two DUIs and a burglary yeah. charge. <laughs> And and used to knock her around like yeah, exactly that. yeah so that's the coyotes in this situation for sure um, and it but I think for me too I needed that sense of uh, not closure so much but a little bit to what I had already kind of felt in my heart which was that his physical presence was gone and. Then, like, right after I'd spoke to the psychic the next morning, um, another one didn't come home. And I just, I knew. And so uh, the last thing that the the woman had said to me was that, uh, you know, the coyotes are going to keep coming back and they're going to pick the cats off one by one until they're all gone. That's just what they're going to do. And so you need to keep them inside. And... So now every night for the past since like February, late February, I have been uh, a little ritual of getting the kittens in every night. And they're like cats now. They're not kittens. But so every night they come in, I close the house up and I thank them for letting me keep them safe because I know that's not what they want. They want to be dinking around in the field, getting mice, being crazy, but. They come in, and uh, so wow. now I never want to leave my house. This is is, yeah. where, is the end of that story. Where no, I'm I mean, just that, like I a, would, but my cats. I know, I know, and now we're those people. The yeah, it's um, it's crazy because I mean that's sort of the same relationship that I have with um with Elsie, where mm-hmm. I was actually I was going to do um a couple weeks on the road with Lou Poster, and I um. Oh. Yeah, go and leading up to it, I was like, man, I have all this crazy anxiety about leaving my cat, and the I've done a similar thing of like, um, I cat proofed my yard so that um, you know so Elsie can go out and like run around and stuff, but she's um, she's got you know the old brain damage, so she can't get over the she can't get over the wall. But she can. She has her little like perfect, safe little kingdom there where she can hide yeah. in the trailer or play with the dog or you know what, poop in the flower bed or whatever. The, oh yeah. Um, and oh, she loves crickets. She'll go and catch a cricket <gasps> for every every night there for a while. She would go out and catch a cricket, bring it in to the house, and then drop it, and then <laughs> slowly, slowly murder it, and then let the dog eat it. Oh, nice. So they work together. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like my TV show for a while there. And would she insist that you'd watch? 
it's hard not i mean the oh, it's like kind of her uh her thrill right like uh <laughs> uh voyeurism <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. It'd be like, you seeing this? You seeing this? Do you see what I got? Look what I'm going to do. I'm going to let it go. But then guess what? <laughs> I'm going to get it again. She's just heckling me all the way through it. Mm-hmm. You like that? You like, look what I'm doing to this cricket. <laughs> don't yeah. don't, don't hey, avert hey, your eyes. Look over here. I'm doing this for you. It's, man, so I just posted on Instagram like, oh, that it's, you know, Sadie's birthday today. And the... I went to Target and got her a little doggy swimming pool and like a bunch of treats yeah. and stuff like that. But the the horrible secret is that Sadie's birthday was yesterday. And, you forgot her birthday. Well, I, I never. I mean, it's her first birthday, so I, ne- I never really knew it. The like, I had it on like vet paperwork somewhere, and that's how I finally figured out what day it was. I got some notification from them, and nice. uh, the but I was like. The, I was like, oh my God, I got to get to Target and buy some treats before Sadie yells at me for forgetting her birthday, you know? <laughs> and and also, and we had a fucking sh- like really shitty day yesterday where I was, you know, I've been running with her every day and then, and I have like a waist leash and then I couldn't find the waist leash. So I was just running with her on, with the hand leash, but, uh, but I, run with, I run with another dude who has a dog and they just sort of go nuts when it's, you know, when it's the four of us running together. So I was like... And I had just gotten like knuckle tattoos touched up on my hand <laughs> and on, on my right hand. So I had to carry the leash with my left hand. And then I, and you know, Sadie was like pulling so hard for so long. She like ripped open a couple of big calluses on my hand. Oh. And then, yeah. And then I fucking yelled at, I was like yelling at her while we were running and, and she's like, ha ha, fuck you. You know? And then like we got back to the house and I like was trying to get her outside because I was like, I'm annoyed at you. You're going to be outside today. And then I yelled at her and then, then she decided to get scared. And then, um, she was on my bed and then she peed and I was like, Aww. no, don't, don't do that. And I yelled more and then she peed more. And then like, God, I don't know, I'm like just hating myself. So my dog peed on my bed and it's not even her fault. It's my fault. Cause I know, <laughs> yeah. I know that that's what she does when she, you know, and it, the, and it was a fucking nightmare. And then, and, and then I like I locked her outside for a couple of hours and I, I was feeling terrible about that. And then I went outside and like she was fucking having a blast. Yeah, she forgot. She was like, yeah. Oh my god, you're here. Yeah, the and and she was like, I've been doing projects. Like, look, I dug up the flower bed, you know? The <laughs> the I don't know, man. It's weird because it's the I I had no intention of getting a dog and I so many times I felt like i I'm just like fucking over my head. The and then, but I mean, it's really forcing me to learn shit of just mm-hmm. like patience. And I almost said knowing your partners. Yes, my dog partner. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Waka, waka, waka. The, um, <laughs> but uh, just like knowing- having to take accountability for your own actions and your part in the whole like anything that goes down between you and your dog where you're just like, Oh, I got to own this part of it. <laughs> yeah. She like, she wouldn't have peed on the fucking bed if I didn't yell at her. And I knew that if I yelled at her, that that's what she's going to do. Cause that's what she does, you know? Yep. The, and she's a dog, so she can't help it. You know, the, so yeah, all on me doing the fucking laundry, the laundry of the pee pee laundry of shame today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like if I leave anything on the counter, like anywhere near Forest Reach food and he gets it, I can't even be mad at him. Yeah. I'm like, of course you did. What was I, I thinking? I I, I think about Forrest sometimes because like the 
he's like a little dog with monkey intelligence. And mm-hmm. the and that's one of the and that's one of my problems that I have with Sadie is not that she's dumb, but that she's she's insufficiently dumb. You know <laughs> that she's she's actually really smart and you know sort of like thoughtful and empathetic and all these weird mm-hmm. things. You know, and the you know with my cat, that's a level of emotional interaction that I can handle. Where she's like, oh, oh, you want to pet my butt? You know the or yeah. I wake up. It's the middle of the night. I gotta like make biscuits on your tummy. The yeah. um, I can deal with that. But you know, Sadie, it's fucking twenty four hours a day. You know, yeah. And you know, I run with her just about every morning. And then if I like, if we come in from the run, and I and then I forget, oh, I gotta grab something out of my car, or whatever. I get up. Then she's like, oh, we're going running again. You know, like she's just so she's tough. Yeah, she's she's like black lab mix. I I don't know. I think I mean uh, eventually I'm just you, gonna break down. You, and, and, you're gonna do it, aren't you? Oh yeah, totally. Fuck. Hey, you did the fucking pet psychic thing. It's already. I know. No, no, no. I was like, just really excited because that's something that I would feel like no shame spending some money on to be like, yeah, I got my dog G- DNA tested. Like I want to know that more than I want to know my own family history. <laughs> no, the, the, the secrets in my family can fucking stay secret. The, yeah. but also checking your dog's DNA. That's some peak white people shit right there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, she's just Mexican street dog. You know, mm. she's the, I, Everybody says black lab. I think we're going to find out that she's just pit and German shepherd and that there's oh, no sure, lab in yeah. whatsoever. The, but she's great. She's bulletproof. I love her to death. You know, the, and I was telling her today too. I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry about yesterday. And she was like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> she's, she's over it. Incredibly forgiving. Yeah. The, um, so you're, you're playing out again and doing shows and stuff. Slowly. Slowly but surely, I'm uh, branching out, and um, the shows I have played, uh, it's been a mixed bag, but, you know, um, there's been some really good ones, and it's weird. My anxiety, just in general, has really reached a a new level, um, and, like physically my it's not like stage fright but it's just this weird or maybe i'm doubting my abilities or it's just not something that i i do so consistently that my brain can get in the way whereas before i could kind of zone out and just like muscle memory yeah feel good about it and and now i'm just like I don't know. I want to get. I want to get over that weird anxiety, stress, fear related to the thing that I really love to do. It's. I read like an Instagram post of yours a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, and you were like, "I'm totally stoked." You know, I'm totally stoked to do this show, and I was like, "Really." Are you really, are you stoked or are you super fucking anxious and just saying you're stoked? Because I I know you and I know me and I know us and I know the fucking shit we've been through and where our brains have gone. And, Uh you know, alternately, like the, you know, Star, you're such a gifted performer. You You have an incredible voice. You're an incredible songwriter. You're such a commanding live presence. You know, when. Thank you. When I watch you perform, I'm like, this is what she was born to do. 
but also performing in front of people is is so weird. It's it, it, it is. It's, it's like we've forgotten. You know they they say you don't they say you don't forget how to ride a bike, but it's like we did. And then well, we're not riding and, a bike in front of an audience to entertain them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they say you don't learn how to forget, or they they say you don't forget how to ride a bike. But but what if somebody did? And I feel like we did. And then and then there's all this sort of like, well, come on, man, you know how to do this. And I just feel like I don't know. I did um I did altercation last year in October. And I've done some little like low key um, shows at my house, and I watched the tape from Altercation. It's not bad, man. Like it's it's decent. It's good. I don't know. I look like myself. The yeah, I, but I don't. Uh, I know that in that moment, I didn't feel like me. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like, who knows? Maybe we're performing just as good or somehow better in ways than than before but our state of mind is so different that we walk away feeling like it was a completely different experience that's i i remember that from getting sober you know where i like expressed you know regret to my band of like ah you know i'm sorry i know I i play like so much better after a couple of drinks and they all just fucking did a double take like why are you fucking kidding bro and i was like what wait you just thought you did yeah it felt better yeah (laughs) yeah it was and i think that's that's where i'm at is this weird um trying to find that headspace that um makes it feel as enjoyable as I want it to. And I, I, I really don't think that, you know, everybody's blowing smoke up my ass after the shows I've played and telling me how much they enjoyed it and that it was good. And, you know, some people will be like, man, that's the best I've heard you yet. And then in my mind, I'm like, man, what happened to your brain during this? <laughs> two years of unknown like you know but i think a lot of it is just a weird mental state and also just doing a lot of self-reflection and a lot of like i'm kind of at that age where i'm not really sure what i'm doing and i don't know what I thought it would look like 10 years ago or if I just wasn't as concerned about it then because, you know, it was more time and things were kind of moving and rolling. And then I don't know. I just feel like I'm in this sort of weird, weird limbo of not really knowing what the next thing looks like and then trying not to like be too hard on myself about choices I've, I've made in, in my, or choices I haven't made in my career up till now. And wondering if I would have worked at it more or, or if, you know, or if maybe it's just not in the cards for me and, and things like that, that then that really starts to weigh on me. And I don't like to carry that into shows, but it's, it's hard not to when they're, you know, few and far between and not every one of them is going to be 
what I'm hoping it'll be. Yeah. The, it, I mean, I, I totally, I totally get it. I totally feel where you're, you know, where you're coming from that th- thing of, um, you know, I feel similarly about surviving COVID, you know, that, that I do about surviving alcoholism, you know, of like, well, I'm here and I made it and I didn't think that I would and I'm glad that I made it. But also, what the fuck do I do now? Like the, you know, we're off the map now and I don't, you know, the, but one of the things that's been helpful to me is the, I'm slowly, I have to do my taxes still and I'm slowly in the process of like cleaning up my disgusting office and going through like all these old papers and shit and finding all these old, um, notebooks and scraps of paper where I've like written shit down and I was like oh my god I've been miserable and heartbroken and grieving my entire life this is just yeah we could just listen to your music up until now and know that (laughs) well but (laughs) but but because it's my music I it's like I can't see it or I can't the um you know it's I don't know, sort of like, you know, wearing fucking pink colored sunglasses and then you look at something that's pink and then it just appears white because everything's pink. You know, the, um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like the sadness that I feel now and the grief that I feel now is real. But then when I go, when I'm forced to go through like all these stacks of paper in my fucking office, and say, oh, and, well, in 2015, you were miserable. Oh, look, in 2017, you were miserable, too. Oh, and, you know, in, in, um, yeah. in 2016, you thought you were dying, you know, and the to see all these things, all these other instances where I had those same feelings and they weren't true, maybe points to me having those same feelings now and them also not being true. But Star, yeah, it feels yeah. so real. It feels so real. I, I swear we're does. dying. I swear we're dying. Every day. And they're like, and I'm like, my body just feels different, and you know, because I'm 36, which I know is is young, but it's also like not 26, and so like my back hurts a lot, and yep. I'm tired, <laughs> you know, and every time and I'm just <laughs> oh, like, oh, age my came God, for you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Tell me more about getting old. The- and I think just being home all the time and like. Do your I don't feet know, having hurt? too much time. Actually, no, not so bad. But my Oh, that'll hands. come. That'll come. That'll come. The I, I wake up in the morning it and I, I'm like, what did I do yesterday that every part of my foot hurts? The, yeah. And, and the answer is nothing. The Well, you just, run. I guess. The I don't it's so this is wild. The I would murder a school bus full of puppies to be thirty six again. Um, yeah. because it only gets worse. And also <laughs> look at it this way. I mean, if we look at it, I'm 45, which is a, a disgusting number in so many ways. The, um, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm relatively healthy. I exercise, I eat right. I don't have any, like, um, I don't have any obvious physical defects. Um, <laughs> I could feasibly live to be 90, which means I have yeah. a whole I'm only halfway done. I'm like, oh fuck that. Maybe like right. maybe I'll get hit by a truck. You know, the the thought of just living for another forty five years seems so despicable. And the <laughs> um but also 
man, it's like kind of puts it in perspective. It's not over, dude. We like yeah. we need to keep pushing. We need to um we still need to become who we are. You know, yeah. like the I think you and I have both sort of um you know, settled into our identities as as artists in a certain way with like with what we do and what we don't do and the and and also settled into being like um sober artists but also not not the like hey guys it's a great day you know like that yeah yeah um not the fucking psychopath positivity sober um right the you know i always said that i was on the like howlin wolf schedule of like putting on my best records in my 50s and well now i fucking better hurry up yeah get on it get those scraps of paper together oh the i'm just gonna i just want to put them all in the garbage and (laughs) and then just put put the dog on top of it and then yell at her yes (laughs) drench them in pee and then light them on fire but uh you know like my hands have been giving me grief and, I thought you uh, said my hams have been giving me grief, and I was my like, hams. Yeah. Oh, I okay. Let's talk about your hams. Now, tell me about my your hams. hands. The, I tried uh, to make. A, I tried to play an A chord today, dude. My fat first finger just wouldn't do it. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been struggling to like, and I think it's the, part of it is because I'm not doing it every day. But you know, then there's the part of it too where it's just like your body is starting to fall apart. You know, so. Like I can, I can take measures to ease that pain or keep building those muscles. Um, but that's another thing that's happened at, at uh, a couple of shows where I was a little arrogant about my abilities because it's always worked before. And, <laughs> and my hands just weren't warmed up they weren't ready and i was just like staring down at my left hand during the first song and just being like whoa why aren't you making that chord i need you to make like what just happened and like trying to will it to happen and like if it's just a a mental block that i can just work through it but it was it was jarring and 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 then also like makes me have to look at at things and be like, well, you know, that's gonna happen at some point. And just wait what till if it happens. Playing guitar isn't all you do. Just wait till it happens you to know? your dick, Star. Wait. I it fell off years ago. <laughs> I, I shot it off in a drunken accident. The um, that's right. <laughs> you just have and a little a, eye patch over there. <laughs> a little eye patch. That's so sad. <laughs> Old crotch bandit. The, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The. I man, I hate fucking doing the old guy shit because it's so because people still do it to me and I hate I really hate it. But um, you are you are just a young whippersnapper star. The you're not you're not yet really falling apart as not you will yet. when you're forty five. I'm just so, so painfully aware of the like the beginning (laughs) yeah the i mean and it's i feel you because you know when i was in my mid-30s i was i I, the when you're 20s when you're in your 20s you're so fucking indestructible 
and even in early 30s too that you're like oh people say that fucking mortality is a thing but so far so good man you know like the um you know nothing's happened to me you know i can fucking drink a bottle of tequila and go to work on two hours of sleep and i'm fine you know the and then something happens and it's 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 really like um you know the clock strikes midnight and your uh your coach turns into a pumpkin and you're like oh no i, yeah. fucking, I gotta go <laughs> like that's my ride yeah. and uh, can't eat too much sugar before bed because boy it'll wreck my day tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like dumb shit like that yeah the you know it's been what Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm closing out 13 years now, I think. And people are like, wow, it's so great. You know, it must be so great to never get hangover, you know, get hangovers. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've fucking eaten donuts late at night and woken up and been like, oh, man. The, yeah. I And then uh, try and even imagine, like, those times when you were actually hungover and still managed to, like, not die. And now waking up, which is, like, a little bit of a cold or like ate too much pizza last night and I am wrecked. Like, how did we even get through some of those like truly awful hangovers? My, my buddy Ed, who I run with, like, you know, he'll still go hard eventually, you know, or, you know, every once in a while. And, uh, but he never misses the run. So we like show up to run. And then as he starts sweating, I can smell like what Ooh. he drank the night before. Yeah. And it's, oh my God, it's one of those, like the, I don't, there've been a couple of times where I, I puked unexpectedly and it kind of tasted good coming back up. And just that like revulsion yeah. of you're like, oh, I'm tasting my vomit. It tastes good. You know, the, yeah. where it's such, cause I was like, you know, cause He's like, oh, yeah, I know we were up late last night. We were watching this movie or doing this thing or whatever. I'm like, oh, I, I remember fun. I remember doing things. You know, yeah. the, I was like, that sounds awesome. You know, and then I get a, a whiff of the weird, like, curdled, like, gin sweat or something like oh. that. And I, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You're, I don't, yeah, I don't know how people do that anymore. The, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely don't miss it. I, I, I think uh, June will be 11 years of not drinking wow and it's 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 nice like it's it sometimes it's it's almost funny to me to think back and it's now been longer not drinking than i even drank so i got it done in a compact amount of time you know really took it as far as i could and then got out early (sighs) People say sometimes like, oh, you know, it's a bummer that you went, you know, so hard that you can't hang out and have like two beers. And sometimes that makes sense to me. And other times I think like, no, man, I'm, I'm glad that I just like broke it. Yeah. Know, like, well, the- and was that ever even uh, really an option? Because I, I don't think it was for me. I don't. I mean, it depends on how big those two beers were. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> if they were each a case big, then I- Yeah. I used to play shows where they were like, uh, oh, okay, you know, the it's two pitchers per band. And I'd be like, all right, let me get uh, uh, one of the pitchers for the, the guys and I'll come back. And then I would like take, carry one pitcher back and then come back for the other one and then have them both on stage and then wake up in a hedge. I don't know. The, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, it, I, I'm curious what you're – so, it, I mean, initially I was like – grateful to be sober and then now at this point 
I'm I'm also grateful to have been uh, like shitty fuck up alcoholic pee my pants and sleep on the street um, because that forced me to grow so much as a human being. You know, where I'm like I'm mm-hmm. not just grateful to be sober, but I'm also grateful to have been such a fucking train wreck and to have survived it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I feel that too. I. I can't say that I'm I'm grateful for um, the that person that I was at that time. Um, I I suppose I'm grateful for the experiences um, and and just to use it as a reference point for other things that are going on in in my life now. Yeah. The. I think part of it is, you know, the it's like the best job I ever had was working as a line cook at Sonic Burger. <laughs> and and the reason I will say that's the best job I ever had is because every every waking minute of my life when I think back to being 17 and heartbroken and hungover and like sweating over the fucking grill, I just think, "Oh god, my life is so sweet now because I'm not a fucking line cook at Sonic mm-hmm. Burger." You know, and the um you know, I'm really glad I'm not a fucking irate, you know, 26 year old, you know, shit faced asshole. Right. The but yeah, it's funny because I the you know when you said oh I, um, you know though I accept the experiences that I had, I'm not um, I'm not okay with the person I was at that time, and I haven't really thought about that for a while. And when you said that, I thought about it, and now I feel bad. So th- <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it's crazy, too, that, like, there's a lot of uh, people in in my life now that did not know that person. Right. Um, and that's, that's an interesting uh, thing to think about sometimes. And then there are, of course, the ones that knew me then and still know me now and still like me. So... And then the others I probably just don't talk to. <laughs> I I always have a weird, I mean, I have a weird relation. I mean, I guess most of the people that who I know now um, are people who didn't know me then. And the, it always feels so weird. You know, the, you know, my ex, Allison, who's saying on, uh, you know, some of my records and stuff, we were like texting the other day and, you know, she'll like... <laughs> Oh yeah, he wrote a couple songs about her, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I heard a few on those tours we did. Oh, the, and um, you know, it, when my birthday rolls around, she'll text me or Christmas or whatever. Fucking every time I get dumped, she'll she message <laughs> me, uh, "Hey, you okay?" You know the and it it's so baffling to me that a person could. Um, could like the person who I am now and could have also liked or cared about or been friends with the person who I was then. But, but then I think too, that maybe that like the person who you were then and the person you are now are not radically different, that it's just your perception of who you were, you know, the, you are probably still, um, you still, cared very much about animals you were still mm-hmm. like a, a, a super nerd like totally excited about music and playing music you loved your friends you were loyal yeah um, 
the you know, so I don't know. It's it's so tricky. It's one of the things that's so um, challenge. You know, you were talking earlier about like playing that game of like, oh, well, let's look at the year that I was twenty seven. If I had made different decisions in that year, where would I be? And mm-hmm. and what's um, what's so insane about playing that dumb game is there's no control group. We're not. Right. You know, we can't. We can't do that fucking Rick and Morty thing of like looking into the other universe and be like, oh, you know, here, we'll um, uh, grab your plumbus and we'll hop over to this whatever, you know, and and, and in this one, the um, in this one, we remember to get gummy bears before we went back to the hotel room, you know, (laughs) like, um, and yeah, uh, maybe it wouldn't be different at all in a lot of ways, or maybe it would have been radically worse, but there's there, it's all hindsight and unfortunately you can't really do much about it and yeah it's a trap that i try and and pull myself out of and um but at the same time wanting to find things that will maybe help me move forward be more efficient moving forward or you know remember why i made a certain choice and and so maybe I don't make a choice similar to it in the future or, you know, like disagree, like say like agreeing to do a show that I knew I didn't want to do. And then like, turns out I was right. I shouldn't have done it. And just trying to pay attention to the little things like that were without, without getting too deep into the uh, regret. And I don't feel like I have very many, true regrets which is good i i think i'm mostly like a pile of regret in a, an old black hooded sweatshirt that, <laughs> like i'm excited t-shirt i i'm gonna go see my friend jake flores uh perform on tuesday down in tucson and i can't wait to regret things that i'm going to do that night i don't <laughs> yeah you know the i don't know i it, it's like the arrows are pointing the wrong direction like i get so excited to, f- to feel bad about a thing i haven't done yet it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> At this point in my life, most of my friends have podcasts, and it's uh, it's disgusting and it's despicable, and it always feels so weird for me to uh, to listen to them shilling for other companies. Uh, this protein shake, uh, this uh, this laundry warehouse, or whatever. The, but the only thing worse than that is that what I'm doing right now is I'm recording a commercial for my stuff to uh to try to get you to to buy my things um so the the first thing i want to do is if you're listening if you're enjoying this podcast share it with a friend um you know know, please obviously post it to your social media please rate and review it on uh itunes or whatever the hell this is podcasts i don't know the whatever the apple platform is um but also just send it to a friend if it's if you got something out of this conversation if it's helpful to you if you've found something useful there or funny or entertaining um if you get a kick out of it if i have a guest coming up that you think a friend is going to enjoy please just share this with a friend um also i'm shilling for my new book uh the long run and other stories 
uh, which collects all my best-selling Kindle singles and some other bonus material, um, a couple love letters for, uh, for Lanigan. Um, I'm selling them directly, uh, 30 bucks through my Venmo, um, post-paid anywhere in the U.S., um, and I'm forcing myself to just read some of the blurbs from the back because I got um, some really incredibly kind blurbs from some of my heroes. Um, here's one from Lanigan. Mishka Shibali is a king. His stories read like a crazy quilt of heartbreaking honesty and ball-busting comedy. I mean, Lanigan knew how to write the fucking shit out of a blurb. <laughs> just just hit it, hit it hard and get out. Um, here's another one I'm going to double up today because they're short. Here's one from Bert Kreischer. Mishka Shibali is not only my favorite author, he is also my favorite singer-songwriter. He writes the kind of prose that gets stuck in your head for an entire weekend. He has such an amazing way with words. Kind words from uh, an amazing comic and uh, you know one of my musical heroes. Um, yeah, please buy the book. And thanks for listening. Let's talk about your music. You sent oh, yeah, me some yeah. demos that are just like uh, that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around because um, when we were touring together and the way that I understand you know you and I the way that we the way that we work the way we perform the way we write songs is voice and guitar and mm-hmm. then the um you know the demos that you sent me have been more sort of like Kate Bush or David Byrne or um you know the obviously Bowie the how can we how can we have a conversation and not talk about Bowie absolutely the, dude my um. I, I I'm I'm friends with uh I've adopted this uh <laughs> Having a like having a special needs cat and a dog weren't enough for me. I had to adopt a skateboarder too. Yeah. But he uh, he came over the other day and I I hooked him up with a twelve string guitar uh, that I'd gotten and he like sat nice. down and played uh, like went right into the beginning of uh, fuck why why was my brain uh, Moon Age Daydream the, yes and I remembered you learning that song um, in Kentucky. Oh, probably, yeah. And we went to that, that diner afterwards, and, and you could smoke in the diner, and it was so amazing. Do you remember yes, that place? Yes, I remember that place. Did it have, like, a weird, like, tiki there were, Yeah, there was, like, display. toys or dolls or something. There was something, like, doll taxidermy or... Yeah. Yeah, that, that place was excellent. Any diner you can smoke in, that's... that's right. Are you still smoking? No. Oh no! I I smoke and run, man. It's so dumb, so dumb. The I I mean it's like whatever, <laughs> you know, two cigarettes a day, but it's stupid. But so t- I don't know. Tell me what you're doing now. How did you get to be doing what you're doing now? The I got I so tired of acoustic guitar and vocals. I was yeah. I felt like I had hit a wall. I didn't like, uh, I could, I either couldn't come up with songs or the ones that were materializing were not the songs that I wanted. And um, it just, I felt like I was sort of stuck. And, um, and so I just started experimenting more and more. And if I got probably for, five years or or so if i i really delved into garage band on my phone 
Awesome. Like not even an iPad, which I tried once and it was really confusing and nothing felt intuitive about it. And then I uh, just went back to my tiny iPhone and um, I've just been playing with the the loops and the sounds and the which sometimes to me feels like cheating you know i feel like i have to be an expert at everything and i have to like i can't just come at it with no knowledge uh but i don't i don't have the I feel like eventually i'll get better at certain instruments you know but i'm not a piano player i'm not um fully educated and knowledgeable on on synthesizers and things that really really interest me and fascinate me and create sounds that i want and so i just if it's cheating then that's okay because i that's the abilities i have at this point and so GarageBand has been a really fun tool for me to just use my limited knowledge and abilities at skilled playing and sound making, but know that I have an ear for it and I have ideas and that's enough. So I, I feel all of that. I remember, you know, Hendrix was a guitar player. I was like really big into when I was a kid and the, I remember being like, oh, you know, pedals are a fucking crutch, you know, that you should just be a good enough guitar player that you can express, you know, anything you want just from the guitar plugged directly into the amp. And the, um, I don't know, 20 years went by and I never got good. And now I'm like, yeah, pedals are fucking great. It's like they're a crutch, you know? The, yeah. And the, we think of, you know, we say crutch is a bad thing, but like if you have a broken leg, a fucking crutch is amazing. You know, yeah, like right. Helps you walk. <laughs> yeah, the and I, I mean, it was is so comforting to hear you say what you were saying about like the loops and and beats and settings on GarageBand because I have the same, uh, the same fear and the same, um, of like I'm cheating or it's not authentic or it's not real right. or you know the oh I'm using a preset and that's not allowed I you know I should be like making everything by hand but the you know I keep going back to this um man talk talk about peak white people I'm going to talk about Ganesh the <laughs> it's you know so he was a Hindu god and the he has like the elephant head and one of the tusks is broken because because at some point he had to he had to write a thing and he had no pen available so he broke his tusk off so he could do it and i was like that's i need to hold that in my head that you just the we have a finite number of days left make make something every day and just make whatever you can with whatever's at hand you know yeah and if and fucking God bless GarageBand, if they're making it easier to make drum loops and synth parts and effects and stuff like that, and, and if they can put it on your phone and you can like go to the cafe with um, with earbuds and like or, you know, arrange a song, that that's good. It, yeah, it should and be it's easier. still your song. Yes, and yeah. it's still it's not like I created every guitar chord like i didn't make up all those guitar chords and i'm like and this will be a g 
you know, like I still use all of those things to build songs too. And, um, and like, I'll sit sometimes and then like three hours will go by and all I've done was like scroll through a new, um, sound pack on GarageBand that's just like 365 new, um, weird drum beats and, or like cymbal sounds or cool new synth sounds that I just, I geek out on it for a long time. And, and then I also like to change anything or most of the things that I use, any of the preset sounds or loops. I like to cut and paste those or mess with the, settings so that it, i'm not just directly slapping some loops together and then going like that's a song now yeah and the but also they're you know they're demos in my mind i like to think of them as 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 demos so i'm getting complete creative control all the way down to like where a note goes or where a sound goes and it's for all the instruments and being able to create a song like that has, because uh, for so long I, I did just acoustic guitar, vocals, uh, maybe a vague idea of how I wanted it to come to life with a full band. But even that, that took a lot of time and, and um, experience with other musicians. And uh, I've learned a lot from, from that. And now I want to be able to do that myself and then ultimately take it to the skilled players and the musicians that I want to work with and trust their abilities uh, to execute this song that I have created from top to bottom. And, you know, like I, there was one demo that I did a, some few years ago, maybe four years ago, and I had put in this weird little, like, woodblock sound just in a couple of spots and then um my keyboard player friend sort of did a, a recreation of the song using a couple of his things and there was no woodblock sound and i was like so the woodblock sound i really <laughs> need it there like <laughs> i i decided for it to be there and i and i miss it and I don't know. It's just, it's kind of nice to be able to go into a situation and when words don't always suffice, I can just play that demo and be like, like this. So, <laughs> so I, I was going to do a record with Lanigan um, in Ireland with him producing mm. and I started doing demos and I think, I think I was doing the demos not as a way of facilitating the record happening, but as a way of preventing the record from happening <laughs> because I was scared to work with him because, you know, I admired him so much and also because he was such a hard ass and he promised mm -hmm. that he would torture me. Yeah. Uh, and um, so now I think I'm doing, I think I'm just going to, I think I'm in the process of turning those demos into um a record and i'm the you know the guy who mixed um when we were animals he uh he's gonna mix those demos and that's gonna be the fucking record oh the, yeah 
because there are there's so many sort of like good, weird, fucked up, intimate, personal moments in the song. You know where like the my voice cracks. You know because I'm sort of like fucking losing it and yeah. The, and that shit is so hard to replicate in the studio sometimes. So mm-hmm. I would say uh, keep making the demos and make them far out just for you, just to make you happy, and then make the record and then release the demos after you release the record. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because they take on lives of their own, you know? The- they really do. And my, like my biggest worry, I guess, would be like sound quality, but... Man, everybody are, listens to shit like everybody listens to shit on their fucking you, you know we i remember going and trying to make records on like okay we gotta use two inch tape and this fucking <laughs> neve thing and yeah you know all this and then people would listen to like ripped mp3s on their phone or you're driving around in your your mom's honda civic that has one speaker that works and you're like yeah yeah you know so like f- fuck it man <laughs> just like, yeah the... No, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, because I, and I've had that experience multiple times with these demos and then sort of like bringing them to the next, to the next step of other people, uh, p- playing on it and, and re recording things and then getting sort of a not finished product, but a somewhat finished product and being like, that's not the song anymore. Yeah. And it's weird. It's almost like it gets too polished up and um I don't know, which is why I like I'm I'm stoked to have a, a Bandcamp page where I can put those things out um that aren't wholly finished and polished and done professionally and, and still feel like I'm putting out something that's meaningful that um and otherwise, I'm just sitting on songs, and I don't want to do that either. I have a lot of a lot of songs, and it's been much longer than I even care to think about since I last put out an album, like officially. Don't let don't let that become another obstacle to putting out an album. Yeah, you know, because I I certainly do that in my head. You know, of being like. Oh, it's been such a fucking long time to say anybody even remember who I am or what I've done or, and you know, and then getting caught up in fucking Spotify refuses to take down um, the copy of coward's path. That's up there that belongs to my old record label. And Mm -hmm. the, the label has issued a takedown notice. It's come down from every other outlet. Spotify is just big enough and I'm a small enough artist. They're like, fuck you. We'll just leave it up here. The, and so I need to like re upload that album. And then, you know, there, there was another like digital only EP that I put up that never made it to Spotify because Spotify can't be bothered to put my music up or take it down. And the, and then I get caught up like, Oh, did anybody even hear that record? Oh, I should have made CDs. Well, nobody buys CDs. I should have made, I should have made vinyl. Well, it takes like fucking three years to get vinyl. Well, I should have toured it. Well, but I was touring all those songs. The, yeah. and, and who, to, who tours now? It's like Mad Max. I don't know. It's not, but in my head, yeah. you know, that we just you put all those you put all that shit in between, you know, in the way of you doing the thing that you need to do. Right, which is just make those songs and put them out however you can so that people have the option to hear it and 
feel like the whole landscape of of being a musician and having it as a career is so different now anyways and kind of in a weird very un unknown place like it's not even just like you know times change and they're different than when i was younger it's that too but it's also like i don't i don't think that there really is a laid out path to to success or the right way to do it and most people don't really know at this point yeah also i mean i I feel like we're just we're we're off the map and not just not just me or you or us but like everybody is and we just but also the there has never been any map the map is only something that you see in hindsight you know the um, it's not just the future is always unri- unwritten. The present is always unwritten too. You know, the, it's yeah. just when you go and look back and be like, "Oh well, you know, then this did this, and then this did that." Um, I mean, I guess you know from this conversation of like music and obstacles and the like the emotional hepatitis that we've given ourselves from these last fucking rough years of isolation and stuff. What I'm hearing you say is that, yes, you are going to come down to Phoenix to play a show at my house. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to bring all of my cats. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'll, I will yell at them and they will all pee at the same time. Love you too. Sorry, my sister. I saw her. I love my sister. She's dropped my mom off. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and and uh, that's the other thing that's happened too, where like I'm so terrified to just go out and do things, and uh, I have to I have to just jump back in, and I don't have to go full throttle, but I I work myself up about these things, like coming to Arizona, which is sounds like the most wonderful, awesome time, and. Um, so I'm gonna just get over my shit and I mean venture back out into the world. The we weren't re- that stupid, crazy, damaging tour that we did together. We weren't ready to do that, and and we just did it. That's true. And, and honestly, some of my favorite, like it mostly worked, and it, I don't know. But it, but it was some, of, it was some of my favorite touring and playing music experiences. And I also look at it and I think I don't want to do that now. Oh God, no! Yes, no. <laughs> please never. I man, whenever I, I was and looking co- back, and it's like, but we did it. We got through it, and it was truly an amazing time. And I am so grateful for all of those, all of those experiences. Um, and I, I even liked myself the person I was then. So it's not quite like with drinking, but yeah. It was hard. Yeah, I was going <laughs> I every whenever I watch that video um for I can't remember when you were mine the like I was get torn just torn up like fucking memories from that tour, you know, and I was I was going to I was going to call him Chlamydia Joe, but he has <laughs> he has covid now, so he's Covidia oh, no. Joe. But I was talking to him, you know, the other day and just like I don't know that whole experience of us just getting in the van and doing whatever fucking 40 dates together when we didn't know each other at all. And then, um, or no, that was, no, we did that first little run together 
And that was that was just whatever a week or ten days or something. And then later we reconnected. For two weeks. The okay, so it was and two weeks then seemed like nothing. And now right. two weeks feels like a prison sentence. Like to be on the road <laughs> yeah. for that long. The Lou and, and I then did we like did it again like harder. Yeah, that was that was the crazy one. That was the oh that was so brutal. The I did whatever three or four days with uh, Lou Poster last summer, and by the end of it, we were like, "Man, it's like Vietnam." Yeah. <laughs> <Just like> <laughs> got grown so like old, weak, and cranky. Yeah, I know the 40, 40 day one was with uh, the van um, that we were going to light on fire at the end, but then we didn't because you said we couldn't, and um, and then and then you. And then I was late to the airport and I missed my flight and I had to eat pizza and watch Law and Order in a hotel room in Jamaica, Jamaica Queens. Queens. I felt so terrible about that. I still feel terrible <laughs> about it. I can't yeah. believe that I, um, with all of my my panic and anxiety and like if I, I think about that experience now and how I managed to... Um, still get home somehow is so impressive to me yeah and i mean th- that uh, i mean I, i'm like reluctant to go back to it in my head because i feel like that tour was so relentless and it was so challenging that it was like day in and day out i would have a like each day i would have a different panic attack about a different thing because it was like oh we got to do this interview or we got to where are we going to sl- sleep tonight or fucking this the van's making this weird sound or you know all these yeah, different the, things and the van um, you fixed with the can of beans dude that was the best repair i've ever done i did my brakes today and it took me like half an hour and i'm like man i've come so far but but no repair i will ever make will be as cool as that fucking can of beans and where were we in Kansas City, not Kansas, um, where your one friend, my Jeff, one, my one friend, this could be anywhere. Your one, that one friend you have. <laughs> um, no, we played like a, it was it was where we went into their tornado shelter. Um, oh, uh, Joby played a Joby. Yeah, you started. I'm Anyways, gonna, didn't we take it to the to the mechanic? And even that mechanic was like, "Boy, that's that's a pretty good fix you did on the <laughs> on the car there." Yeah, the I'm definitely. I don't know. I'm de- that's that is like my white trash heritage of being able to fix shit with a can of beans. The so, some of the they're called spreader screws, which that's a dick joke right there. Um, <laughs> the we're missing off for the the right side uh, brake pads, and so I improvised something f- you know from binder clip, and the and then went and test drove my car, and I was like, oh my god, that's why it was pulling to the right the whole time. You know that fucking brake pad was like sitting on the the wheel but yeah it's, it's weird i'm like starting to figure shit it's weird at this age to figure stuff out and to figure enough stuff stuff out in this instance about cars to be like wow i have so much to learn and also how have i gotten this far without perishing in a ball of flame yeah like i mean just made so many bad dumb mistakes and somehow still here <laughs> stupid it makes me feel like that you know the uh the system has failed that i'm not dead yet the uh (laughs) um 
talk a little bit real quick about Bandcamp, how you make music, how you get it out to people. Um, yeah. How you make money. The because I mean I think this shit is important for. Okay, <laughs> the, well, hopefully you do because we're gonna no, we're gonna I... pu- pump your your band camp really hard on this. I was um I was talking to Scott uh, Comer in Chicago about you when I was out there, and he was like, "Man, I love Star. She's so great. Like the I wish we could have her on the podcast. Tell her to start running so we can have her on the podcast." <laughs> the, but he's you know he's a big fan, and I am too. You know the I I've always loved your music, and I I don't know. I feel like more people should be listening to it. I feel like you should be making more money. I feel like you should get some more pigs. The cats. Remember when when I was there, we had a plan where the pigs, the tusks were growing too long. Yeah. So I was supposed to help you guys flip the pigs onto to their backs so your mom could clip their tusks off. Yeah. We, we never got to do it. No. Thank God. Although my mom did give a pig an enema one time. Oh, oh God. yeah. Um. Anyway, Bandcamp. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's band not talk camp. about pig enemas. Um. So I just put out uh on on my own. I I played a show at this really cool art studio gallery in Bremerton on my birthday this last March and. Uh, Jack Parker. Um, I know Jack. Recorded it, yeah. Wait, is it that he, place in Bremerton that we used to play? No, no, the one that uh, with the really low ceilings. Yeah. No, different place. That uh, it's it's uh, Danielle Rimbert is her name, and uh, she's an artist, and she's got this really cool. It's kind of a gallery, but it's kind of a an art studio and they that do like that place classes to, there. It sounds like that place we used to play in Sandusky that was also owned by a woman named Danielle, except it was so weird. Sandusky. Which one was that? <laughs> Sorry. Keep <laughs> going. Tell me about the, the, tell me about the um, Bremerton recording. <laughs> and he recorded it and it was awesome, decent quality, you know, for, uh, and it was just a guitar and vocals and, um, I just figured having a band camp and having just recorded a show to just put it out. And so I designed up some artwork and I made made a run of CDs because I can't help it because somehow that like that makes it is exciting and it, yeah, like it solidifies it for me. And um, <clears throat> plus, I just love the artwork aspect of making albums as well. Like. All of that stuff. I don't. I don't want any of that stuff to become irrelevant because it's so much fun and so exciting for me. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've just got a live album out that has songs that I have been playing for a long time that are on older albums. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, and then like a couple of songs that I haven't put out yet. So I feel like it's a good mix, and it's very true to what I sound like when I play a show now. And um, while I work on these crazy synth, uh, looping, whatever demos, I've got an acoustic live show that I can offer to folks and you can get it at my band camp. And uh, and like I was saying earlier, I, I put out, I can just put a song on there that, that I feel like I want to share. And 
uh, like if I do a cover of a song that I'm really excited about, put that on there. And if I play shows where there is recordings, put some of that on there. And I, I, I keep one of the things I keep coming back to is that, you know, the <clears throat> the obstacles. And that's one of the things like I'm really grateful for with um, with our dumb iPhones and with the, you know, the advancements in recording software and, you know, places like, you know, stuff like Bandcamp where you can just the um, you and I can have an idea I can fucking record a thing, send it to you. You can record your part tonight. We can have it up on Bandcamp tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And, and which I think is also really exciting for fans of our music and fans of what we do that um, want to stay up to date on on what we're what we got going on. And and yeah. um but yeah, it's I, I love I love Bandcamp. It's tell, it's kind of weird, but it's great. Um, <clears throat> tell tell people where they can find you on Bandcamp and Twitter and Instagram and all that shit. Um, well, on Bandcamp, I mean, if you just go to Bandcamp.com and then you type in Star Anna, it should take you to my page. Um, on Instagram, I'm the underscore. Star underscore Anna. Um, and then I'm not on Twitter. so. Oh, good for you. That, yeah. That shit is a uh, cancer. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't remember my password after. I, like, I think I got a new phone, and then I had to log back into Twitter, and I couldn't remember my password. And so hey, I was like, yeah, the, I guess I'm not on Twitter anymore. Listen to that. You're the same girl you always were. <clears throat> right? I haven't <laughs> changed. <laughs> what um we'll we'll get out of here in a minute the but what what do you have coming up that you're excited about it doesn't need to be a fucking record release or anything like that but though you know plug a record by all means if you have one that's coming up that you're psyched about but the give us one thing that's gonna that's happening this year that you're excited about um okay uh hmm <clears throat> well there's got to be something. I'm gonna. We're gonna stay <laughs> on here until we find a thing coming up that you're excited about. My kitten's birthday, um, which is coming up actually in the end of May. But uh, no, everybody's um, born in May, right? Um, I just, I guess, I'm most excited about these demos, like, and what. So are, what's are the going to come out of them? Will the demos go up soon, or are are you going to sit on them until you have a chance to get into a studio and make like a quote unquote proper record? Or what's the? I'm not sure. I mean, I want I want to get them out there. I don't want to wait forever, but I don't want to jump the gun because that is a problem that I have, which results in a lot of unfinished projects. And uh, yeah, me too. Where I just get like I get so stoked and I have all these ideas and it's great, and then I just like I I want to get right on it and I'll put stuff up online and then and then it it peters out because I don't have a plan behind it. And um, but I would definitely want to put the demos out at some point, or even just take these garage band things that I've made and have work with somebody that can help me mix them and then uh you know get those sounding decent enough 
and put those out as an album. Yeah. The, Who knows if that'll be by this uh, end of this year, but it's a goal I'm working towards, and I've already got five songs. What um, what I'm hearing you is making. Um, what I'm hearing now is you making an ironclad promise to have an album of new material <laughs> out this year in uh, advance of your show in Phoenix at my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, fuck it. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> sure. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Star, I love you so much. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I love you so much, too. I'm so glad that you've created this fantastic way to reconnect with folks. And because I think about you all the time. I, I think about you, too. And I'm so fucking terrible at keeping in touch. Part of this does some of this feels like broken flowers or something like that, where I'm going mm-hmm. back through my life or that like I've been diagnosed with cancer, except I haven't been diagnosed yet. And I'm just yeah. going through and like recording all these podcasts with people of like, and, and that was the last time I talked to him, you know, the, yeah. but um, it's like every time I hear happy birthday being sung on the TV, I always think of those terrible commercials that were like the terrible drunk driver commercials when it's just the oh. happy birthday song. Yeah, the and I walked into this wooded glade and there were kittens everywhere and then Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, but also some of my favorite favorite stories and things to talk about uh from playing music and has been our tours together. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. I I feel it's not, I'm not 50, 50. I am 100%. (laughs) I am 100% never doing that again. And 100% doing that again with you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Remember when you almost got punched in Chicago? Yes, absolutely. Good times. Uh, Good times. Good times. (laughs) And then remember when we only got in one fight that whole time and it was in Valdosta, Georgia. Was it? No, I thought it was Alabama. No, nah, well, maybe we were rolling in there, but I think it was uh, it was right before that because we were like snipping at each other as we were rolling into the hotel where the front of yours had set us up and you come out and you're like, oh, my God, we both get our own room. And it was just like, oh, sweet. That I won't see you until I see you. Yeah. And then th- that was the night we got banned from fucking Alabama, though. That's right. We did. We got we got banned from Valdosta, and then I took a big swig of the um, soda that you just put out that cigarette in. It, that needs to happen in every tour. Yes. E- either <laughs> either urine or uh, like tobacco water. One yes. Yeah. That's a promise. Star, I love I love you. You're the best. So good to hear your voice. You too, man. Great to talk to you, and I hope I talk to you sooner than later. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Mishka. Yeah, I know. Uh, weird running into me here, right? The um, if you guys have noticed a uh, an alarming spike in the uh, the audio quality of the podcast, the production quality of uh, of the the dreck that we're pushing out here on a weekly basis, um, all blame is due to my friend Colin Golitko, who I started working with uh, a little while ago to produce the podcast. Um, if you want him to produce your podcast, podcast, cast, R, uh, reach out to uh, reach out to Colin at on Twitter at at C Biscuit G, the the uh, the letter C, the word biscuit, the letter G, or you can reach Colin at email at Colin Golitko at Gmail. C-O-L-I-N-G-O-L-I-T-K-O at Gmail. Um, and we'll have his contact information in the show notes as well. Um, he's honestly been a pleasure to work with and I'm super happy with the uh, with the quality of the stuff that we put out that uh, my mom and four other people listen to. So uh, you can too.